Awesome. Uh, let's pray, and then I'm going to get you to shake hands, so let's pray first. God, what a great song, a great reminder of the new year and how you weave and orchestrate, how you go before us. Give us the eyes to see the things that you want us to see this year. Allow our heart to break for the things that break your heart. Lord, as we sit on this day, the first year, first day of, of 2023, may it not be about success or things that are, are evaluated from an earthly way, but may we draw closer to you this year. May our heart intertwine with your heart. We love and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Well, happy, happy new year. I was saying to somebody, it feels like it's been a, a while since I've seen you. So, uh, I'm still kicking. I'm still alive. Uh, the car is still working. We had planned to, my family, uh, my parents have a place in Radium. They have for 20 some years. That's kind of where we always spend after Christmas. Uh, we were planning on going on the Monday, Boxing Day, and the car broke down uh, about 10 minutes from our house in Calgary. So uh, Monday and Tuesday were spent kind of hanging out, not our plans, and uh, Wednesday we made it out to Radium. My family's still out there, um, and uh, and so I want to wish you a happy, 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 happy New Year. How many of you... How many of you make New Year's resolutions? Put up your hands. Put up your hands. Okay, I got to change my sermon. There's one of you. All right, I'll just come over here and talk to Glenn today. How many of you would say that your goal is to not make New Year's resolutions? Put up your hand. Be honest. Remember, we're in a church. I don't know why you're proud of that for some reason. So you have two groups of people. There's always two groups of people. There's the dreamers and the realists. How many of you would say you're in the dreamer category? Okay, put up your hand. Glenn, of course. Uh, how many of you would say you're in the realist? Okay, Our, wow. Okay, daybreak. We need to pray for some more dreamers here. Uh do you know what happens with dreamers and realists? They get married. Like, you know that. And it always creates an interesting dynamic for us. As you come into the new year, here's how the dreamers, or let's just say Glenn, talk about the new year. They say this, this is my year. It's going to be a phenomenal year. We're going to go here. We're going to do that. It's going to be, it's going to be amazing, right? That's what Glenn says. Us who are realists say this. You said that last year, right? (laughs) Dreamers say this word. They love this word. This is going to be amazing. These words, they they say this is going to be amazing. Realists say, how are we actually going to do that? So dreamers and realists look in the new year differently. There's nothing wrong or right about that, but I want to show both of our groups How do we see life this year? If you have your Bibles, I actually want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to just hang out in two verses today. 
Galatians chapter 5. There's going to be a question that I'm going to keep asking ourselves. And I think if we can figure out the answer to this question, then whether we're a dreamer or a realist, it's actually going to help us navigate this year in an effective way. We're going to talk about the art or the skill or the ability to use this word possibility. When we look at 2023, do we look at it with the lens of possibility or is it just another year? See, that if you're a dreamer in this room, we actually need you as realists. We need your pushback. We need your questions. But the, the problem for us who are realists is sometimes we transition from being a realist to a pessimist real fast. We don't want to do that because no one loves pessimists. See, possibility... And that's what, when we read Scripture, we see this story of possibility. Possibility always fuels the potential for a better future. God is a God of possibility. Just look through Scripture. It's okay for us as realists to ask questions. It's okay to say that we need to be careful Dreamers, it's okay for you to dream. We need you. Just don't leave it as a dream. See, realist, the, the way that you move from being a pessimist to a realist is that you believe in the power of possibility. For some of you, you're still in your career. You're business people. I would encourage you as you walk into January... To, to wrestle through, okay, how am I creating possibility for my team? I think it's possible. See, it, the opposite is also true as well. If you don't believe it is possible, we're correct. If you actually believe that it's possible, you're correct too. See, whether you're a dreamer or a realist, I want to challenge you today to view this year differently. There's a group of leaders at Renfrew and a group of leaders here at Daybreak that saw things different. See, possibility fuels the potential to make good ideas even better. You maybe have heard this story, but let me just refresh it for you. There were two individuals, Wilbur and Orville Wright, the Wright brothers. Those guys had no business in teaching us how to fly or even creating the first airplane. There was no technical training. They were bicycle shop owners. Their hobbies were watching birds and drawing pictures of birds. And one day when one of the brothers was drawing a picture of a bird, one of the the brothers turned to the other brother and said this, I think it's possible. I think it's possible that we can harness the principles and dynamics that birds are harnessing and create something that man can help mankind to fly. 
This last year, I, I read a book, and I'd actually encourage you to read a book. It, it's not a spiritual book, but this book, The Wright Brothers, was one of the best books that I read. And this is what the author said of that book. The fact that these guys had no business flying or even figuring this out, it didn't discourage, it didn't deter Wilbur and Orville Wright any more than the fact that they had no college education. They had no formal technical training. They had no experience working with anyone other than themselves. There was no friends in high places. There were no financial backers. There was no government money. They barely had money of their own. Or the entirely real possibility that at some point they could be killed. They went for it. Now, there was an individual, Samuel Langley, who was actually paid 70000 back in that day to try to figure out how to fly by the government. He failed. The Wright brothers figured it out for less than $1,000. So practically speaking, how do we actually apply this? How do we apply this to our Christian life? Well, one thing that we need to do as a team is actually connect with one another. See, connection is the way that God's created us to be. It's not that we need to deny the realities or the economic economic dynamics. We need to define reality. But we need to define reality with the art of possibility. So it's not just true for our business or our life. How do we make this actually actionable? Here, here's the question I want you to, to start to wrestle with as we start to look at God's Word. What do you think God wants for you in 2023? What do you think God wants for you in 2023? Do you think it's possible for you to take steps to make your financial situation better? If you actually think that you can, then you've taken a step forward. Do you think your marriage could improve? Do you think it's possible for your marriage to get better? What do you think is possible for your life? What do you think is possible for your emotional life? What do you think is possible for your spiritual life? If you can, whether you're Glenn, a dreamer, or you're a realist like me, I actually think you can make a difference in your life in 2023. What does God think? What does God think is possible for you in the new year? Now, I don't want you to miss this. We're we're not saying this is something that you and I do. We're saying that the creator of the universe thinks something is possible for you this year. The creator of the universe, God, thinks something is possible. So let me get really personal with you. I want you to spend some time on this question. The the question doesn't apply to me because you might be saying this. The question doesn't apply to me, Matt, because I don't believe in God. Well, first of all, let me say I understand that. And if you're here today and you don't believe in God, 
And you say that question, Matt, that you just asked, what would God, you know, what would God think is possible for me this year? We're thrilled to have you here. I love the fact that you would say in your heart, I don't believe in God, but you'd still come to a church. Because that means that you're open to the things of God. And so I might not say anything this morning that's going to convince you there's a God, but I'm pumped that you're an open-minded person. And I want you to hear this just for this moment, that maybe you've been told all of your life that you're supposed to believe in God, and you still don't, and that's okay. If you don't believe in God, here at daybreak, we're not trying to sell you something. We respect that. But God believes in you. You might not believe in God, but God believes in you. Now, as some of you who have grown up in the church know, the scriptures say that with God, all things are possible. And I believe that. And so I want to give you some specific answers to this question. What does God think is possible for you in this new year? Specifically, here is a list of what I think God thinks is possible for you in this year ahead. God thinks love is possible. Joy is possible. Peace is possible. Patience is possible. Kindness is possible. Goodness is possible. Gentleness is possible. Faithfulness is possible. And self-control. I don't know how you feel when you see this list. You might think this is a really sweet list. Let me tell you, this isn't a sweet list. It's a powerful list. And let me share with you why. For those of you, Glenn, who likes to do New Year's resolution, the other ones who lied and can ask for forgiveness later, every single New Year's resolution can be pulled out of that list. See, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, the end game, what we're trying to do, is we're trying to do something that affects our heart. If you can get our heart in line with our resolution, then everything seems to fall in place. For example, if your New Year's resolution is to take care of your finances, then what God thinks is possible is that we can generate self-control when it comes to our finances. Or maybe faithfulness. The faithfulness to be a better steward with what God trusts us. Or maybe it's patience in regards to how we spend our money. See, God believes that's possible for you. Maybe one of the goals that we have this year is to get back in health, back in shape physically. Well, God believes self-control is possible. Or maybe there's an addiction that's controlling you. God believes that self-control is possible for you. Or maybe you have worry or anxiety. Maybe you're battling depression. God believes there can be joy, peace, and love that's available to you. Maybe it's patience. You just find yourself being impatient with people all around you. God believes that patience is possible for you. 
See, this is a staggering list of possibility that people in your life here at daybreak, we will actually benefit from. So let me share with you how God thinks this is possible. Because this list comes from Galatians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles open, just look down at that, those verses. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit, the result of walking in the Spirit is love. It's joy. It's peace. It's forbearance, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. Against such things there's no law. You see, the reason why God thinks this is actually possible is because of this right here, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Do you know what that means? Jesus believes this about you. And Jesus believes this about me. That when we walk with him, we can actually produce this list. As we abide, as we walk with him daily, he can produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Once again, we're not here meeting as daybreak to suddenly develop a growing religion. We're here to develop a growing relationship with Jesus. Because we believe And Jesus promised this, that as you abide and stay connected in him, something powerful happens. Now, I don't love formulas, but here's a formula that I've had in my life for a while now. If I choose to surrender every day, and I choose to abide every day with the Father, I will only reflect who Jesus is. So this year, I would actually encourage you when you wake up in the morning to commit to this life of surrender. Jesus tells us that every day we're supposed to lay down our own desires and take up his cross daily. See, the problem with surrender is surrenders become something that's foreign to us. Surrender happens after we've kind of evaluated the pros and cons Surrender is what the disciples did with Jesus when they just followed. If I surrender every day and I abide with the Father, First Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually, we go, that's impossible. That's what abide is. Jesus woke up early in the morning to do what? To pray. If anyone didn't need to spend time with his Father, it was probably Jesus. He knew what was happening in the day. But every day he stopped to align his will to the Father's will. If you surrender and you abide, you will only reflect who Jesus is. But a lot of times in my life, guess what I do? I want to reflect who Jesus is, void of surrendering and void of abiding. Then it just looks like Matt. Jesus thinks this is possible for us. Let's keep going here. You and I will be able to look back at 2023 and go did we surrender did we abide together do we see the fruit that is produced in our lives here's what i know about you my friends at daybreak the people in your life actually want this for you and the people in my life want this for me 
See, I've been around Galatians 5 a lot of my life. But somebody this fall shared something with me about Galatians 5 that changed how I viewed this year. A good friend of mine, Tim in Ontario. Tim is a leader of the, the, of a Baptist, uh, conference there. He said this to me on a Zoom call. Matt, I, I've been doing something for the last few years that has had a significant impact on my life. And it has to do with the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. So what I've been doing over the last few years, I've been selecting one of these. And over the last three years, I've focused on just one for the entire year. And so he said, this year I've focused on love. I want to love people better. I want, to, I want God to do something in my heart so that I just love people even if they're for me or if they're against me. I want to love them, and I can't do it apart from Jesus. I want to be a better friend in terms of being a loving friend, spouse, and father. And he said this on Zoom in his serious, only Tim way. I see what God has done in my heart to be focused on this one fruit. It's been absolutely phenomenal. I was blown away. And then he asked me this question in the fall. Matt, look at the nine. Which one should you focus on? That was a great question. It's a question that I want to present to you on January 1st, 2023. As you see that list from Galatians chapter 5, which one pops out to you? If you need some help, you could ask the question to the people in your life. What's it like to be on the other side of me because you've never seen the other side of you? Number one, if you're married, you need to ask your spouse. Let's be honest, our spouse may give us more than one. You can just say that Pastor Matt said you only can pick one. If you're not married, or if you're married, you should still ask friends to help you in this. In fact, this next week, when you meet with your family or friends, I want to encourage you to go around the room and share which one that you think you should focus on for this year. Because people will hold you accountable. On the screen, you're going to see these four phrases that I want you to ask a spouse if you have a spouse. I want you to ask a friend. I want you to ask your group. That might mean your small group. That might mean your, your group of friends. And I want you to ask God. That's your homework assignment between now and next Sunday. I think it's really simple. Choose one. Come back next Sunday. And then number three, and we're going to talk about this more and more at daybreak and at Renfrew, you need to get yourself in a group. We're going to talk about it lots this spring. Here's how a group of friends can help you. You said faithfulness. You said self-control. Your friends can look at you and say, here's what I'm seeing, Matt. But here's the truth. If you're actually going to commit to this in 2023, it's going to lead you. It's going to lead you to an incredible place. Since this is what God believes is possible for you, if you can just remotely, in a small way, figure this out, 
you're going to start to walk toward a blessed pathway. Now, don't hear that as, oh, I'm going to get a new car. Or God's going to just shower down money from heaven. That's not what blessed pathway means. See, God thinks this is possible. And as you take a step toward him, he starts to orchestrate your life. Now, you might hear all this and you think, well, okay, Matt, you're asking us to do this. Are you actually doing this? Or is this just preacher talk for January 1st? What are you going to focus on, Matt, this year? So let me tell you which one I'm focusing on and what my people have told me I need to focus on. So let me give you a little background. 50 did a number on me. I can't quite figure it out. I mean, 30 didn't bother me because I'm like 30 times 2 is 60. I'll probably make it to 60, right? 40 didn't bother me too much because 40 times 2 is 80. What is 50 times 2? Okay, that went south fast. Some of you are now depressed. Uh, But in the nagging back of my mind last year, I started to wrestle with, wow, I'm over halfway done. I felt like the best days were behind me. Michelle, my wife, some of you would know, she would speak in and say this. Don't ever forget this, Matt. God's greatest plan for you, Matt, is Jesus. Jesus is your greatest plan. And with Jesus, the best is always yet to come. So here's mine for this year. Gentleness. I'm going to be more kind with my words. I'm going to be more gentle in my interactions. Here's the great news. If we're going to get to December 31st together, and whatever one that we choose, whatever one that people in our life are going to say that's the one, we're going to become more desperate together. We're going to become more dependent on Jesus like we never have before. It's not going to happen because we're a really good person. It's not going to happen because we're really smart, we're really sharp, and guess what? It's not naturally going to happen for you. I might be able to get one or two steps down the road to gentleness, but not to the extent of what Jesus can do. See, I'm going to have to cling to Jesus on a daily basis. So let me ask you a question as we begin to wrap up. Does that mark our spiritual life? Or have you and I gotten really comfortable going through the religious motions? Man, how desperate are you for Jesus? And what I've realized is if I'm going to get actually to December 31st, 2023... And there's going to be this fruit or this tree of gentleness. It's only going to happen because I'm laser focused on Jesus. Because Jesus, with Jesus, all things are possible. So if you're being wrecked by addiction right now, and you need self-control, 
with Jesus, all things are possible. If your relationships are being wrecked right now because you're impatient and there's hatred in your heart, Jesus says that love is possible. If worry and anxiety and depression are pushing you down and battering you, Jesus says that peace and joy are possible for you. Jesus looked out at the crowd and said, Come to me. So here's the question for you this morning, Daybreak. What does God think is possible for you in the new year? Here's the answer. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Friends, I believe this is possible. Not because of me, but because of our Heavenly Father. He is a good Father. All good things come from above. And God believes this is possible for you. Pick one. Dive deep. The people in your life will be glad that you actually did. And friends, so will you. This is what's possible for you. Choose one. Let's pray. God, if I said anything that wasn't of you, take it from my friends' minds. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. What a mark it would be for us at daybreak if we were people who embodied the fruit of the Spirit. And God, as we walk through this year together, hand in hand, may we have love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, self-control, May we be people that reflect who you are. And may we understand this isn't possible because we work harder. It's possible because of our relationship with you. As we continue to worship, God, may you draw the word out of us, the fruit of the Spirit that needs to become a part of our life. We love you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.